0: Welcome to the Hell of a Catholic Podcast. I'm T.J. Capaldi, pastoral lackey at the Georgia Tech Catholic
1: Center, and I am Jonathan Edwards. I'm a second-year Georgia Tech student,
2: and I'm Father Josh Allen, the chaplain here at the Catholic Center. Today, our topic is uh, today our topic is on the homeless, and our guest today, um, Jonathan, uh, has an interesting story uh, about. Uh, homeless people and his encounter with them and we thought we'd invite him on to tell that story and then kind of share his experience with us but first uh, tell us like something about
1: yourself your major and uh so him. i am second year here at georgia tech from like 30 minutes north north Cross, georgia i'm a chemical engineer at the moment probably switching to industrial <laughs> uh yeah so we'll see how that goes um but try to be as involved as i can here at georgia tech i'm a Kappa Sig. In uh, reckless and things like that, so awesome, awesome,
0: cool. Well, this is a great topic. Um, we could probably talk about this for much longer than the amount of time that we will, um, but I think what we really want to address when we're talking about the homeless is specifically what is our relationship um, as um, as Catholics or even just as people? Um, what should our relationship be with the homeless? Especially here in Atlanta, living in Atlanta, you come across homeless people all the time in different places, walking down the street, whatever. Um, and so it's, how, do you, how do you respond in those situations? How, how do you help? When do you help? All, all these kind of different questions, um, I think, can provoke a pretty interesting conversation. And hopefully at the end of the day will also provoke um, us to actually help people out in a way in a meaningful way so
2: what we're not trying to do is like talk on a big level about the problem of homelessness and how that can be (laughs) solved and all that that's a whole different kind of that's a whole different kind of conversation this is like practical what is our obligation in the face of a real problem that we see what do we do yeah and
0: so i guess my first question would just be um, what's been your experience, like maybe at different times of your life, like how have you felt when you like c- like homeless person asks you for money, or you just encounter them? Like, what usually happens, or what do you think of when I
1: mention that experience? I mean, like growing up, it was always the awkward thing of oh, you see a homeless person, they ask for money, but you like feel feel guilty because you like feel like oh, well, I should give them money, but. But I know I shouldn't and it's this awkward like internal conflict. Um, I think the biggest thing is looking at them as people. Kind of like you said a few weeks ago. It's when we run into homeless people, we think, oh, well, I can't make eye contact because then they might ask me for money. And then if they ask for me for money, then like I'll feel guilty. I'll have this internal conflict. So I want to avoid that. Um, and so it, we completely just try and protect ourselves.
2: Jonathan's referring to a homily I gave here at Georgia Tech a few a few weeks ago, where for some reason I talked about homelessness. I have no idea why. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I did. I talked about that. I said that, you know, one of the most important things is no matter what we do, whether you help someone by giving them money, whether you don't give them money, whether you help them in another way, whatever it is that your response is to someone who is homeless or you know, whatever other kind of situation, maybe people that maybe aren't even homeless, but that that wander about. Yeah. There are other people that are like that, that they have a place to stay at night, but they kind of wander around all day. Mm-hmm. Um, that no matter what their situation and, and what we do, that we always treat them like human beings. Yeah. You know, that that we look at them and we speak to them, and um, not that I mean, it's not that you have to go running out of your way to talk to somebody that's on the other side of the street or something. But uh, I think what people do mostly is you take your uh, homeless person who's begging sitting on the sidewalk and you got half the people that'll cross the street so they don't have to walk past the person and the other ones just walk past with a steady face forward they're not going to look at anything every once in a while somebody will stop and talk to them then you got these other people who like they'll kind of drop money in their bag, but keep moving, like not even talking to them. And and actually, in some ways, I think that might be worse.
1: Yeah, the, and I've like engaged with a lot of homeless people recently. um, And the biggest thing that people have said is, you're talking to me. I, you know. Tell tell us about your story. You got a great story. So um, it was a few weeks ago, it was probably over, it was like, six or eight weeks ago now. Um, I was going to Wingnuts, grabbing some food late at night, Wednesday night, and there was a woman sitting outside of Wingnuts, and she was homeless. She was begging. And so I go up to her. I was like, hey, can I buy you some food or anything? She's like, yeah. So I go inside. I buy her some food, and I'm with some buddies, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to eat eat with her uh, on the sidewalk. And y'all are welcome to join if you want, but you don't have to if you don't want to. So I went out. And I sat next to her because they didn't want to so I sat next to her and just started to talk with her and you know she said that same thing you know I haven't had a legitimate conversation with someone in a month uh, and she you know she's getting emotional and tearing up and I'm really feeling like Gods saying okay you you need to be Jesus to this woman um, and this is really the first time that I had ever really gone out of my way to to see a homeless person as a human being. And so I called up my buddy and I was like, hey, can you come pick me up, drive us back to Kappa Sig? He's like, yeah. Um, and I was like, hey, you know, you can take a shower. Uh, we have a women's restroom. You can take a shower. You can sleep in my bed. I'll sleep in the couch um, to get you a, a warm place tonight because this was when it was real cold. Um, and she was... A little uneasy at first. She was like, yeah, like I I would like that. Um, and so then, you know, she came and there were very mixed reactions. A lot of people were, what the heck are you doing? You know, how, you can't bring a homeless person into our house. She's, They're going to steal things. They're going to – and there's this big stigma. And, and I felt as though that it wasn't bringing in danger. And that's obviously an element that has to be taken into consideration. Um, but – since then have maintained a relationship with this woman. And, you know, we, we probably meet up for lunch or something once a week. Um, and it's hard because you don't know what to believe exactly. You know, because you, I've known her for a few weeks, just like anyone, you know, and she's in a pretty bad situation. Um, but the biggest thing she said, you know, repeatedly again and again is, You're the only person who hasn't helped me out of either ulterior motives and has helped me with, like, sincere care for me. And she tears up every time we grab lunch or something because the biggest thing is when you're on the streets, nobody loves you. It's just the fact of the matter. Nobody nobody cares about you. On the streets, you're not contributing to society or, I mean, most of the time, if you're on the streets, your family doesn't have a good relationship with you or else they would help you, whether it's because of something you did or not, right? You know, people pass by and they don't look at you. Even if they don't give you money, they don't look at you. They try and avoid you. You get kicked out of places all the time. You know, it's a hard place to be. And the biggest thing is love. Mm -hmm.
2: You know, it's interesting. I've got a story from Thanksgiving. Um, my brother and I. So Thanksgiving here at Georgia Tech, we um, cooked. We cooked Thanksgiving dinner for like three. I think we served three hundred and twenty people who stay on campus because you get off. When do we get off? You had class on Wednesday this year, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So you have class on Wednesday before you Thanksgiving. Get you get Thursday, people that are out of right? town. Yeah. They can't travel home. Right. So, so we had about three hundred and twenty people come through Georgia Tech for or through the Catholic Center for Thanksgiving. And so my brother and I were up the night before cooking all the turkeys. And so early, early Thanksgiving, it's like 4 o'clock in the morning, we decide we're going to walk up to Waffle House for breakfast. So we walked up to Waffle House, and we got there, and we sat down and ordered the food or whatever, and the police were there. And I didn't, I didn't quite know why, because I, I thought it's awfully strange, like, they won't turn their car off if they're on duty, right? So we're, we're pull up outside Waffle House, and the cars are parked, but they're on. So I'm thinking, well, they're in here for some reason. And, uh... So my brother and I sit down and it, it it becomes apparent to me that what's going on is there's a homeless person that's sitting in Waffle House hmm. eating food that somebody's bought them and the police threw them out Wow you know it and they were they weren't unkind you know the police down here they deal with homeless people all the time and I'm not I'm not in any way judging what they did right Yeah. because chances are the police officers knew this person right because they, they tend to see, see the same people, people over people and over again, again okay yeah. so I'm not judging that but I'm just saying that it's interesting that, and our waitress explained it to us, that somebody had come in, and it's Thanksgiving, so they bought this person a meal. And they had to leave. They sat down next to him and ate with him. And then they had to leave, and the person was still hungry. So they're like, all right, and ordered a whole another round of stuff. The guy paid for it, and then the guy had to leave. So then the homeless person is just left there still eating. Mm. You know, So it's interesting. They, they do have this problem, right? They get tossed out of places, and people don't want to be around homeless people because they smell bad. You know, Dorothy Day uh, used to say about the poor, she had the saying, she's like they smell bad and they're ungrateful. You know, she's <laughs> like, Tell me about the poor. Well they smell bad and they're ungrateful. Right? <laughs> and those are the people who who you're supposed to who we're supposed to be assisting. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter. Like it's great. In your case, I think it's great that you met a woman who recognizes and is grateful for the assistance you've given her. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't really matter if she's grateful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it matters from her standpoint, but it shouldn't affect the way that you act. That, yeah. You know?
0: Which is a great question. So there's there's a lot of things that come, as and thank you both for sharing your stories, um, is like, I'm thinking just as a person that might be listening to the podcast, like, beautiful story, Jonathan, right? But it almost, it turns into... Like, what if you did that every single time and the response was the same every single time, right? That's, that's kind of, I think what people are afraid, like, if I ever acknowledge a homeless person, then this homeless person is going to become a part of my life, you know, like, yeah. and then I'm going to have all these homeless people as a part of my life. And it's like, how do we, how do we navigate, how do we navigate that in a, you know, prudent way, in a
1: wise way? And I've thought about that a lot. Um, I don't have an answer Well, because it, it's scary. It's like, yeah. Because I did do this for this woman, and it's like, uh, crap, man. Like, It's the same thing. Like, I, Should I do this for everyone now? And and I don't know the answer. It's a, something I've thought about a lot. Well, then
2: you though. run into a problem. You were telling me when you told me this story before. You were telling me that like you helped this woman out by like helping her with rent for something or other. Yeah. Like, you kind of realized that oh, I, can't, I can't keep doing this. Yeah. I'm a student. I don't have
1: this kind of money. And it, and it comes to the point, and, and this is another thing, like, because a lot of times the homeless are ungrateful. And so if you go up to them and say, I want to buy you a meal, but I can't give you food, a lot of times they'll say, no, like I'd rather have money. And for whatever reason, not it who, who doesn't knows? matter in yeah. this situation. But, you know, I've, I've had to tell her and say, look, I, I can't keep paying for you. Um, and that's a difficult conversation to have because it's the guilt of, oh, well, I should keep doing it. But I know with the prudence, like – I can't.
0: It's not sustainable. It's not responsible.
1: Exactly. And long it's long. not the best
2: for her as well. The other thing is, and not that this should affect, it shouldn't affect the way that we treat people as people, but there is a reason why every single person that's homeless is homeless. Mm-hmm. Some of those reasons preclude you from really being able to help them. That's true. Um, and the, the one I'm thinking of mainly is mental illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, in our society, uh, well, it's fortunate, it's unfortunate. It kind of depends on how you look at it, right? Um, it used to be that if somebody had schizophrenia, we'd lock them up somewhere, right? They got locked up, and that way they were they were taken care of, and they were fed, and they were safe, and but they were locked up. Yeah. Now, if you have schizophrenia, unless you're dangerous, and by dangerous, meaning you've caused harm, the state is not going to lock you up anywhere. And so a lot of times, schizophrenics end up on the streets because a lot of them suffer from paranoia. They constantly think people are trying to get them. So even if you put them into a situation that's good, they'll leave the situation. Hmm. Like, so they're always, they're always leaving and walking away from assistance that they've been given. Um, it's really a very difficult situation. And then especially with people who suffer from mental illness, a lot of them don't even have a money problem. Because they're receiving Social Security disability, yeah. And then you got this whole there's this whole like under un, underworld business where slums give homeless people a place to live, and these homeless people sign over their disability checks to be paying their rent. Oh
0: wow! But
2: <laughs> because of their paranoia, they leave, and so now their money is being paid to their place of where they live. They don't really understand what's happened. They don't know how to solve that problem, hmm. and they don't trust anybody. They think mm-hmm. everybody's trying to get them, and in fact, the landlord was trying to get them, yeah. so it, it's a complicated, it's a complicated problem. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I, I think there's there's a couple things here that <clears throat> would be good for us to, to explore in more detail, and uh, here's what I think. I think... Uh, one question that Jonathan two both came from what Jonathan said earlier, and I think it's following from what Father Josh is kind of getting at here is one, what does it mean like how does how does what does it mean to be Jesus to someone right? Mm-hmm. that's that's an important question like what has has God said something about how we should approach these situations and also, Um, the question I asked earlier about, you know, like, how do we, like, we want to help people, but we can't have everyone we come across become dependent on us. There's always consequences to be, you know, people make a joke, like no good deed goes unpunished. Right. Mm -hmm. But really like there are consequences to every, every action, good or bad or whatever. (laughs) And, um, so I I think of even a, a simpler case, right. Where if you. Somebody asks you for money, Jonathan mentioned earlier. Uh, sometimes you offer some to buy somebody food, right? Um, and they don't they won't even accept that. They just want money. And a lot of people are concerned that maybe somebody's a drug addict, they're going to take your money and buy uh, drugs and then you feel guilty about it. Well, um, I think the intertwined questions here will lead us to ask like, does that matter? You know like does do we are we supposed to be worried about? what our, our goodwill is eventually going to go towards or is the important thing just that we have goodwill and do something good? I'm, yeah. I'm not sure.
2: Now, the answer to that is actually very clear in church teaching and that is you have to be concerned about how what you do is going to be used, right? So it's the same kind of principle whereby, you know, fine. So you got these cute little girls that are out front selling cookies, and you decide I'm going to go buy cookies, right? And what I'm doing is I'm just buying cookies. I don't really care how you're using the money, right? Except what if it's a fundraiser for Planned Parenthood, right? Well, then it matters, right? So all of a sudden, actually, it does matter what I, what happens to my money after this first step. Mm-hmm. So it's true, I'm just buying a cookie, but I know that all the profit that from that cookie is going to go to Planned Parenthood. Well, I can't stand that. So there, I think there is another level. So. Certainly, when you're giving money away, you should have some reasonable expectation that the money is not going to be used for evil purposes, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're giving money to a drug addict who's kind of shaking in front of you and his drug dealer's standing right over there and he's telling you, I just need 20 bucks to get my fix. Yeah. Right? It's like, well, you could say to yourself, well, I'm just being nice to the guy by giving him 20 bucks. It's not my business how he spends the money. And yet... And
1: yet it would, yeah, it is. Yeah, you
0: did know. Yeah,
1: and, you know. And and I also like, because I think with this question, a lot of people will answer and just say, okay, well, therefore, I'm not even gonna get into the situation. I'm just gonna walk. I'm just gonna walk by. Instead, yeah.
0: I'm gonna take the easy route. My favorite move is to take out my cell phone and start clicking. Yeah, yeah. It. yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and, it, and it it like comes to this question of, and I've been thinking about this recently. Is okay, so perfect love, and I don't remember if this was a homily or something or something that I read. Um, but perfect love is defined as uh, something with the right intention and the right action, right? So if you have the right intention but aren't doing the right – like the thing that's best, it's good it's, but it's not perfect love. And then if you're doing what is right, right, doing the right thing but not necessarily with the right intention, you're just like, okay, whatever. Like I'm going to do this because it's good but it's not perfect love. And I think we get caught up around, like, oh, I need to, like, make sure it's perfect. I need to make sure that this person isn't going to use the money wrong. Or I need to make sure, like, I'm definitely doing the right thing. And if not, if I don't know 100%, I'm not going to do anything.
2: So I say, I think, reasonable. Yeah. Some sort of reasonable expectation. Like, somebody is sitting outside a restaurant and they tell you that they're hungry. Okay. So maybe you don't go in and get them food and you just give them money. But at that point, like... The person has identified that they're hungry. They're sitting outside of a restaurant. They can be lying to you. That's correct. Mm-hmm. But at that point, at least from my standpoint, I kind of have moral certainty at that point that I'm using my money well. Whereas the people who come up to your car when you're getting off the inter- when you're getting off the freeway downtown, I don't ever give those people money. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're going to do with it. I have no idea what their situation is. Um, I'll look at them and I'll wave I'll roll my window down and talk to them but I won't ever give them money
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, I I think so I think the giving assistance to people is tied intricately to the first point that you made and that is that we treat them like human beings yeah. I, I'm telling you one of the things that irritates me more than anything is the homeless person sitting out with a cup and people that just walk by and drop money into it I think that's worse than ignoring them personally I think it's worse it's like now you got the person who's assuaging their own guilt by dropping a couple of coins into a bucket for a person they know nothing about. They still know nothing about them, but now what they've done is they've paid off their conscience yep. to not feel bad. Yeah, you know. And maybe maybe the homeless person's taking advantage of that. Maybe they know that's what's going on, you know. But I, I definitely don't think that's the ideal situation.
1: Yeah. And that, like, also from a practical standpoint, like I've learned so much over these past few weeks on how to discern when t- is right to give. And, and it's a process. Like you're going to have to take the step and be like, I have no idea right now, but I can keep making up excuses. So I'm going to, I'm going to start doing it. And then eventually yeah. like our discernment of it gets better.
2: Yeah. One of the, one of the kind of most influential Catholic philanthropists in the United States wrote a book. And in the book, uh, the book is called, uh, what your money means and how to use it well. And it's really it's really written for people who have a lot of money to give away. But I think the principles that he talks about are really good. And one of the principles he talks about is when he's looking for projects in the Catholic Church or elsewhere to support, he's looking for people who want something more from him than just a check. Like, if they're just looking at him as a bank, it's like, well, so do you want my advice? Do you want my ideas? Do you want... My guidance? Do you want my assistance? Do you want any of that? You just want me to write you a check and leave you alone, let you do it any way you want to.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, and generally speaking, um, and this would be the, my same advice to anybody who's giving away money: is you could give away, you should give away money to places where your money makes a difference and where you have some influence. And so, if you're in a situation where you don't think you have any influence over the situation, giving money in that situation is probably not a good idea. Yeah. And when you don't know the circumstances. No. You know, probably not a good idea. Yeah, no. but I, if you do know, but but it in your own area where you live, I think you have a responsibility to get to know the circumstances and to get to yeah. know the people. Yeah. Uh, like you say, I'm not saying you have to go hunt out, hunt down people and homeless people where they live, but if you walk by somebody every single day on your way to the office. Like you ought to know that guy's name. You ought to know something yeah. about him. You ought asking, to talk to him. Every once asking in a while.
0: somebody's name is a very powerful thing, yeah. just on a personal level, but also allows you to, um, even if you don't give money or anything, uh, to pray for that person, which mm-hmm. at the end of the day is 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 the most important thing I think that we can do as well. Um, so we have. Uh, we again we could talk about this for a lot longer but i think we've uh we've shared some good stories we've hit on some good principles um and if you've got questions if you want us to kind of explore this deeper um if you if you want to take issue with some of the things that we've said um please send us an email at podcast at org, and uh
2: thanks for joining us on the Hello a catholic podcast and uh Hope you have a great week, and God bless.
1: Yeah, come on.